Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. I know that right here, right now, is this one infinite presence that is beyond the beyond the stars and down to the very atoms, molecules, and cells of our being. That which is in, through, and as all things. This one is ineffable, inimitable, is awareness itself. It expresses as wisdom, compassion, joy, forgiveness, and love. It is that which could not be stripped from the sitka, could not be extracted from the wind, nor could it be sifted from the rain. This one is undivided, unbroken, whole, perfect, and complete. And I know that this one, this divine presence is me, is within me. I am of it. I'm an expression of that infinite one in this finite form. I don't need to receive this divine presence from another source, nor could I. It lives as infinite potential waiting for more expression of these God qualities within me. I am consciousness breathing. As this is the truth of me, so is this the truth for everyone here. Each one is an expression of God, just as the branches are expression of the tree, so too is each one this fractal utterance of the divine. So it is from this place of awareness, from this place of consciousness, I speak my word for everyone here today in this here and now moment. I affirm for all here that even though there may have been previously a perception of clouds that carried with them anger, resentment, sadness, or fear, that through the divine birthright that is forgiveness, those clouds have dissipated, dissolved, or otherwise moved on. So that the clear sky of awareness, the clear sky of consciousness, of spirit is what remains. And I stand in divine alignment with everyone here, that forgiveness clears the way for love to proceed. And I express this word in gratitude. Thanks for the time spent in communion with one another and communion with God. Grateful for the truth that is known and for the law that act activates it all into manifestation and into, into form. And so I release this word into that law, the law that always says, yes, yes, my beloved, may it be so. The law that acts upon our truth with divine precision and manifest before this word was even spoke. And so it is. This whole year, we're looking at the idea of living everyday wonder. But bringing that sense of wonder and curiosity to everything, every aspect of our lives. And we're kind of running through, you know, starting this month, uh, 11 different aspects of life. And um, many of you saw that Wheel of Life that we started off with the very first Sunday in January. And it's available on our website under uh, the talks. You can go over there and find it under, I believe it's the January 2nd talk. Uh, and, and download it if you want to keep on working with it. And this month, we're working with looking at our inner life, our inner life, life within with wonder and curiosity. And so today, we're taking everybody's favorite topic, forgiveness. 
forgiveness. Uh, the talk title is Forgive to Live. I once did a talk on forgiveness that I titled The F Word. And I didn't say what the F word was. I just called it the F word. So I had a few people beforehand saying, what are you going to talk about, Dave? And I said, the F word. And the F word was forgiveness. And so forgiveness brings up feelings and comments like, I can't possibly forgive that person for doing that thing. Or I don't really have anybody to forgive or anything to forgive. And my favorite, the spiritual bypass I've already done my forgiveness work, and I don't have anyone left to forgive, except maybe myself, because, well, you know, all forgiveness is really self-forgiveness. I read that somewhere in a book. And while it's true, I have a test for you to find out, so, for you can, so you can find out if you're complete with all the forgiveness you ever need to do. Here's the test. It's a very simple test, by the way. Check your pulse. If you have one, you're not finished yet. We still get to practice forgiveness. And I say get to practice because, as Tim said in, in our opening prayer, it's a divine birthright. It's an honor to practice forgiveness. It's, as the song says, it's a chance to change our mind, which is what we're all about. It's a growth of self-awareness to practice forgiveness. And those of us who show up in spiritual communities are committed at whatever level we are to shift, to open, to that, that self-awareness, to open to a greater experience and expression of the infinite, of the divine that we truly are. And forgiveness is one of the greatest releasers of spiritual energy, of love that we can do. It's like removing the doors from a, a light that has been shuttered up and letting it express and shine into the world. So if you want to experience and express life and life more abundantly, forgiveness is one of the key ways. And here's a definition of forgiveness that we can work with. This comes from a, an author named uh, Stephen Stosny, and it was in Psychology Today. And he says, forgiveness means foregoing the impulse to punish, resent, and carry a grudge. If done in recognition of the self-harm inflicted by the impulse to punish, resent, and bear grudges, forgiveness becomes an issue of personal health and well-being more than morality. This is a fancy way of saying, if I'm carrying around all this junk, all this unforgiveness, all this, this you know, wanting to, this resentment and, and carrying grudges and wanting to punish, it's me. There's an old saying that, that you know, if your resentment is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. It's my life that gets affected. It's the anger and the hurt and the pain that I carry that, that affect my own biological system. So let's start by talking about what forgiveness is not. Because it's important to get a few things out of the way. It is not condoning or excusing another person's or my own behavior. It's not about excusing it or condoning it. It's not saying, well, it's all right. That person was doing the best they could. You know, it's not that. It's not that. It's not pretending the wounding didn't happen. It did. Take a breath. I invite you to keep breathing a lot during this talk. Forgiveness is often a triggering topic. 
It's not saying that you have to like or be friends with the other person. You don't have to go have lunch with them. You don't have to ever see them or speak to them again. It's not forgive and forget. You know, if a person does constantly wounding behavior, you don't want to forget that. That would be foolish. You can forgive them, but never be around them again so that they can't do what they do. Forgiveness does not mean being friends, having lunch together, hugging and crying and kissing and making up like some schmaltzy Lifetime Channel movie, you know? It's not that. That might happen, and it might not. But it's not what forgiveness is about. And finally, take a breath, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. It has nothing to do with changing them, changing their behavior. That's not in our control. That person may go right on being the jerk that they have chosen to be. Forgiveness is for only one person, and that's ourselves. Forgiveness is for me. Forgiveness is for you. It is to free us from the life-sucking energy of carrying around the anger and the resentment and the hurt and the grudges and the blame and the shame and the guilt, the whole all that muck that uh, which we use to keep ourselves stuck. Take a breath. Notice that I use the phrase, which we keep ourselves stuck. It's not the other person. Once again, it's never the other person, even if it seems like it is. No matter how horrible whatever they did was, if we're feeling anger, resentment, blame, and all that stuff, we're the ones holding on to it. And we're mentally and emotionally replaying that experience. And our minds do this sometimes because, because of what we perceive to be a payoff for continuing to replay it over and over and over again. I get a benefit out of that. It's a benefit such as feeling better than. Things self-righteous. I'm a good person. That person's not. It's a benefit of playing, playing safe. If I keep on replaying this, it'll never happen again. Sorry, but it just might. It's also a wonderful way to avoid the actual feelings, to avoid feeling the real feelings that really exist, like the anger and the hurt and the fear. See, spiritual people, that's you and me, spiritual people, oftentimes go to forgiveness before experiencing the feelings which they judge as not spiritual, as not appropriate. Years ago, there was a, a minister that I knew, uh, I think he was a Presbyterian minister, who was training for the Seattle to Portland bike ride. And he had been training for months. He had his whole congregation on board, loving and excited about it and supporting him in this process. And about six weeks before the STP, he was out riding, he was out doing his training, when a carload of teenagers out, outside of Issaquah caught him and ran him deliberately off the road, knocked him off the road, uh, and he crashed and he broke his hip, and that was the end of his doing STP that year. The, right after the incident, there was a reporter who interviewed him, and he told the reporter that he had already forgiven the kids. He had already forgiven the kids, because, of course, he's a minister. Six months later, that reporter went back for a follow-up interview with him just to see what was happening. And he said, I'm having difficulty with the anger I feel towards those kids. I'm having difficulty with those feelings of anger. See, before we can truly move into forgiveness, 
we have to fully experience the emotions associated with the, with the experience. If I'm feeling hurt, I need to feel the hurt. If I'm feeling angry, I need to feel the anger. Doesn't mean I have to act on it, but I do have to feel it. Otherwise they stay buried, but they're toxically radiating out in the ground of our being, contaminating that ground until we bring them to the surface to complete the process of release. We do have to feel them, we have to walk through that. We must recognize that certain feelings are considered taboo in our culture. Oftentimes women and spiritual and spiritual people are not supposed to feel anger. Oftentimes men are not supposed to feel fear or hurt or weakness. As good religious scientists, we never want to feel like a victim. Oh no, 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 no. We're not victims of our lives. And in truth, we've all been victimized at some point in our life. We've all had things happen that we feel helpless and unable to control the outcomes. And there's a huge difference between being victimized and living as a victim. Victimized is an incident. It's a, it's a moment. It could be a long moment, but it's a moment. Being a victim is a lifestyle. That's not what we're talking about. And being victimized can bring up feelings of shame and feelings of feeling stupid, you know, God, I should have known that, I should have seen that coming. It can bring up feelings of failure. And it's important to feel and work through and release those feelings, to face them head on. So we're not walking around having our life energy sucked up by old junk running around in the background and beliefs about ourselves, then, oh, I'm too stupid to really know what's going on, da, 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 you know, whatever. These disempowering beliefs that we can create from about ourselves from that from those experiences. So let's take a look at forgiveness itself. Take a breath. Because here's a different way to view forgiveness. Forgiveness is a byproduct of self-healing around whatever happened. Forgiveness is a byproduct of self-healing. When something happens to us that causes emotional pain, what really happens is that we feel utterly powerless. And so our first step, and often it's a long step, our first step towards healing is to return to a sense of self-empowerment. Take a breath. A self-empowerment where we recognize and feel our own value and worth once again. Sometimes this can happen quickly. Sometimes it takes a while. To where our value and our self-worth are not defined by the incident, by the what happened. I have a friend who says, you know you've forgiven completely when that person can walk down the streets of your imagination without getting mugged. Real forgiveness is reestablishing your own sense of well-being. It has nothing to do with that other person or that incident. It's reestablishing my own sense of well-being. Emotional wounding tends to cause us to feel unlovable, devalued, and inadequate. And a way to release those feelings is to create a practice that whenever those feelings arrive, arise, excuse me, or arrive, to find something to value about yourself. What do I value about myself? 
I'm not going to go down that path of I'm worthless or valueless. Find something in your life to value. And then also express love to someone or something. And what this practice does is it starts to unwind the threads that got wrapped around you following the painful incident. You start to unwind them. And sometimes this can be just like, you know, Alexander the Great with a Gordian knot, you just slice your way right through it. And other times it's carefully string by string, strand by strand, unraveling. This practice also helps you remember who you really are. Because all of us are valuable. And all of us are love in form. As you move along, as you move along this path of reestablishing your self-worth, of returning to your true sense, of taking all the time you need and, and, and take the time that's needed, because we, we all want to be over it really quickly, but it takes longer. I think it was John of the Cross who described the dark night of the soul. And he said, you know, he said three things about the dark night of the soul. First, try to avoid it if at all possible. But secondly, if you find you're in it, go into it. And thirdly, you'll find that you don't want it to end too soon. Because, you're, because you suddenly realize that you're gaining and gaining and gaining out of that. It's a hero's journey. So as you move along, returning to your sense of power and of value and of well-being, the actual incident will fade into the no-thingness that it actually is as we remember the truth that we are divine beings. We are the infinite presence in form, and that there is no thing that can happen to us that can change that. There are things that can happen that can cause us to forget that for a while, sometimes for a whole life. But there's nothing that really changes the idea and the fact, the truth, that we are divine things, divine beings in form. We do have to face our feelings. We do have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death if sometimes. And we have to learn to not let our fear of those feelings control us. Sometimes we're afraid to go into them because we're, we're afraid they're going to last forever. But they don't. I remember working with a, a, a therapist friend of mine who, who said people think that their sadness and their grief is going to last for the rest of their lives over something that happened. And she said, usually within about 30 minutes of grieving, they're done. But they have to start it. They have to start it. And it may you know, then come back in waves, but it's not this huge, overwhelming thing. And eventually it starts to fade and it starts to fade as more of our life comes into perspective, comes into view, and we place more value on the rest of our life than on that particular incident. We are greater than our feelings. We have to face them. If we don't, it's, trying to like, it's like trying to stop a flood without ever turning off the water. It's still flowing, but we are greater than our feelings and any hurtful things that anyone can do, we are greater than, and we can rise and reclaim our power. As the song said, we can change our mind and that will change our life. The same uh, person who wrote that article in psychology today said, if you make forgiveness a goal, it remains elusive like a carrot on a stick. 
Just when you think you've got it, it's out of reach again. But when you focus on self-compassion and develop your core value, forgiveness sneaks up on you, whether in the form of detachment or if you decide to repair the relationship in full emotional reinvestment. If you realize that you've forgiven your betrayer, it will be after the fact, not before. So this week, I'm going to invite you to do three practices. Number one, let your inner wisdom self reveal. Reveal an area in which you may still feel wounded. And yeah, I know we're all religious scientists and good spiritual people, and we're so advanced and, and like that. But please, we each have an area. It may be big. It may be small. And right now, I'm dealing with a roofing company that is not keeping their agreements at all. And I'm getting to practice forgiveness. I, I, I always love it. You know, as a minister, I, I get to live my talks in advance. And so this week, it's been all about the roofing company and practicing forgiveness and not allowing my imagination to go walk into the office with an Uzi and blow them all away. You, you should know I do not, do not own a gun. But I have to have that little fantasy. That's the expression of anger. Okay, yes, I'm really angry at you guys for doing this crap. And take a breath, I'm forgiving, I'm releasing. I'm not, you know, it's like, there's more to my life than this roofing company and it will be done in a couple of days and I won't have to deal with them ever anymore. And I'll have a nice roof. Probably they do good work. They just don't keep their agreements. So let your inner wisdom self reveal an area in which you may still feel wounded and have some emotions swirling. And for the sake of your own aliveness, be willing to be honest about this. Be willing to be honest, yes, this hurts. Don't take the whole caboodle, kitten caboodle. Don't take everything that's ever been done. Pick one. Pick one. And then ask, second practice is ask your wisdom self, what am I being called to express or know here? What am I being called to be here in this circumstance? And then the third practice, as always, is to turn to spirit within you. Turn to that infinite presence that is within and all around, that is always greater than the stuff, and simply focus on that infinite love and let it lift you. Let it yourself rise. So that's our three practices. Let your inner wisdom self reveal an area to work on. Ask your inner wisdom self then, what is it that I need to do and express an experience here? And finally, three, turn to that spirit, that infinite love within you, and let it lift you. Are we good with that for this week? Great. I want to close with a poem. This is Black History Month, and if there was ever a group of people that has a lot of reason to do a lot of forgiveness, so our African-American and, and Jamaican-American and Black brothers and sisters. And so this is a poem from Maya Angelou called Still I Rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still. I'll rise. 
Do you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Short shoulders falling down like teardrops. Weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awfully hard? Because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise. I rise. For all of us trapped in dark pasts, dark experiences, we rise. We have an affirmation to anchor that. Say this with me. I forgive and I rise and I am free. Once again, I forgive and I rise and I am free. And so it is. So in the sense of gratitude, I simply breathe in that love, that gratitude, there is a nature of the divine. There is a nature that expresses through all of us. There is the nature that expresses through this beautiful community of the Center for Spiritual Living of Olympia, whether you're a first timer or a thousandth timer, expresses through. I'm grateful for the inspiration of spirit, the words of spirit, the music of spirit that express week after week from musicians, from practitioners, from myself, from everybody that make up this. I'm grateful for the wisdom and the love that spirit is. And so it is.